0: Of course we would feel that way. It's relentless. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Nobody wants to, nobody would, nobody would be able to get through that and not be somewhat affected, you know? Mm.
1: This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched, evidence-based education, and parenthood welcome. Well, welcome, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Therapy for Dads show. I'm very excited to continue the postpartum prep series. Um, already have had two prior to this. Um, the first, if you haven't listened already, go back and check it out. It's two moms uh, sharing their experience about what to plan for, how to plan for baby, uh, postpartum phase, questions that they would ask This time versus the first time around, the previous episode was on how do we navigate sleep deprivation, what that is, and this week, this week I'm very excited to have Alice on, and we have a really exciting topic, one that affects quite a bit of families, and she's going to share a bit more about that, but without further ado, welcome, welcome Alice, how you doing this evening?
0: Thank you, doing great just after no, I'm not used to being up this late I'll be honest yeah <laughs> parent life <laughs>
1: I'm yeah I'm usually in
0: bed by eight
1: <laughs> yeah should we do the hashtag like I always think of uh, Justin Timberlake on that the SNL skit oh hashtag yeah parent <laughs> life hashtag <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> remember that <laughs> It's an old, I'm, I think that's really dating me. That's old, right? That's, that came out a long time well, I ago. I know
0: Justin and Blake. I'm from that age. I'm from okay, that okay. period, that time period.
1: Um, parent life, you know, by the time kiddos are down, a lot of us can relate to either you're so exhausted that you just pass out on the couch or you stay awake because you're like, hey, everyone's down and I could have maybe some alone either alone time. time or time with my my partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's kind of like this battle. Do we sleep or or do we actually connect? And, right. And it, I, I relate to that totally. the daily um,
0: battle. The daily it is, battle. <laughs> it
1: is a daily battle. And I think it's ever-changing, ever-evolving, depending on the day. Um, but anyway, that's not this episode. That's a different topic. Right.
0: But, <laughs> another topic for another day.
1: But but who, who is Alice? Can you just tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Well, I'm Alice Bloomfield. I'm a mum of two girls, Lily and Isabel. Lily is three and Isabel is... Ooh, 11 months now, and I am a certified infant child sleep consultant, and I got into that after Lily was born and did not sleep. And long story short, I here I am today. <laughs> and yeah, I'm a certified in pediatric sleep, and I have done additional trainings for newborns right actually before Isabel was born. Hmm. I just thought, you know, I want to share my story. I want to up my knowledge a little bit more so I took a couple more courses to get specifically certified in newborns um I I really loved it honestly it's they're like one of my most fascinating that I just find it fascinating newborns are really interesting in to say the least (laughs) but yeah and then (laughs) here I am I teach I teach families uh, from ages zero to four years how to encourage better sleep not perfect sleep but better sleep, um, mm. in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Mm. Um, it's not one size fits all. That's really my sleep philosophy, and and yeah, I've I love it. <laughs> I love to share mm. and and be real about it because I've struggled myself with with sleep and with colic and reflux, which we'll talk about more. But mm. yeah, that's what I do. That's me in a nutshell, really.
1: Yeah. Well, it's you know getting into this um, postpartum series and finding this. You know, we didn't we didn't have a sleep consultant. Um, or coach and you know part of me i guess i could you know hindsight is 2020 um, right and maybe that would have helped us but we also had difficulty for sure um, right it's it's that's it's hard you know, and it's again, different for
0: everyone that's the thing right. it really is a different some people really have an easy time with it and yes. so you'll chat with them mm-hmm. and they'll be like well, i just did this yeah 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 you know and oh yeah you know, and that's always so hard as a parent, (laughs)
1: Mm I remember,
0: especially as a first time parent when that was happening. And I'd be like, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong?
1: Oh yeah. We, I relate to that first time. And, um, and I think the, you know, the topic tonight that we both relate to personally, it's something that's needed to be talked about to help parents is colic as well as reflux, which those can go, but not always hand in hand. And so, you know, just jump it in let's just first make a definition so what is colic essentially for those that may or may not know
0: so my husband told me to go straight in with like statistics or like the way it's defined because he said that's the easiest way yeah but it's defined by crying for three or more hours a day for three or more days a week for three or more weeks but really it's just inconsolable crying where everything seems to be fine. You've fed them, you've done all the things, you've fed them, you've changed them. Mm-hmm. You've, you know, given them a bath, you've cuddled them, you tried to get them to sleep and they're just crying and you don't know what to do. And it's very stressful. <laughs> it's very stressful for the parent, yes. um, uh, you know, and for anyone involved, mm-hmm. uh, but that, it, that there isn't any other like decent definition that's really, mm-hmm. that's what colic is. It's crying that is unexplained almost. There's yeah. been lots of, I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's lots of different theories of of why it is the way that it is. But really, it's just mm-hmm. continuous crying for three or more hours a day, three days a week or more for three or more weeks. Mm. Um, it usually begins around, It's kind of starts to, begins around three weeks. I often find people will always say well you know their baby's just so sleepy the first three weeks and that is really common nothing they're just kind of like they eat and they sleep and they mm-hmm. wake up a lot but they eat and they sleep and that's kind of all that they do but after three weeks when they sort of start to wake up that's when it can begin peaks around six weeks or so and mm-hmm. then starts to taper off around 12-ish weeks and that's when it gets better so that is the first thing that I think is important to share yeah because I didn't know that when I because you I didn't know when it was going to end. And mm. I think I made it a lot worse.
1: I would agree. We also did not know uh I was like, is when... it going to be a
0: year? Is it going to yeah. be two years? Yeah. Is it six months? I don't know. I don't know what defines newborn at this point.
1: Yeah. You're and just that, sleepless. Think, you're
0: just, <laughs> you're sleepless just sleepless and you feel hopeless and you feel yes. depressed. Yes. And like it's overstimulated. Yes. Because... There is nothing like more stressful than a screaming baby like in your face that you can't seem to do mm-hmm. anything, especially as a parent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when
0: you know it's it's our job, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> to make things better.
1: Yeah, and it can be and very so, defeating when you try to. I remember feeling very defeated a lot trying to right. help, and nothing nothing seems to be soothing, and that like it really you know days of that he starts to wear on you. Yeah,
0: right, because you're just like, am I not a good enough, mom? Am I not mm-hmm. a good enough dad? What are we doing yeah. wrong? Are we, were we made for this? You know, you ask Mm. yourself all of these deep, dark questions, um, because it's a mix of things. It's not just that it's not just, you know, a baby crying in your face. It's you haven't slept in a while. You just gave birth or you've been up supporting somebody that has just given birth. You are breastfeeding or, you you know, there's just so many different factors Mm -hmm. that make it a highly sensitive and emotional time, maybe on its own, it would be, it wouldn't be so bad, (laughs) Mm. but and I think that's why it's always nice to have somebody else to come in and help, like a grandma or something, if that's possible, um, because it's not as hard for them because they don't have all the other factors in, that put it into yeah. play. They can cope a lot easier. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's colic. It's not nice. No. <laughs> but it is, yeah, a lot of people deal with it.
1: Yeah. Any idea what the, as you're looking stuff up, what was the numbers or uh, roughly rough percentage of maybe babies that have colic? Do you
0: know, I actually don't know. I haven't looked mm. that up. I should have looked that up. But I, it's more than people. It's more than people will say. As so many people, they'll say, you know, I'll see them post on Instagram or Facebook, and they'll just say everything is amazing. And then I'll get messages, or they'll they'll be my friend, and I'll I'll be calling them, and they'll just say this baby is just crying for really? hours. And so we see other people thinking that everything's okay. Well, it's actually, they're probably dealing with it too, but they don't want to say it because they feel ashamed about it. So it's definitely more, more people experience it than they let off. Definitely. Yeah.
1: But I was actually trying to look it up right now. Like they say internationally colic effects 10 to 30%. Well, that's a huge gap. Jeez. 10 to 30% right. percent of infants <laughs> worldwide. Okay. Well, that's like 10 to 30%. But that's
0: like, it's the same with like, there's a lot of people won't report it because they be, feel ashamed. Like y- Yeah.
1: So it's probably even higher than that is my guess. Or people right. don't know what it is. They're just like, what's wrong with my baby? And they, it's they don't know. And so it's my guess is probably 40, maybe 50, depending on... Mm-hmm you get all that non-reported stuff that's just reported so my first two boys had it um Mm -hmm. my daughter did not so which is interesting well it's interesting
0: when you experience that as a parent oh because at first you're just like this is just the way that babies are
1: right and that was our experience of babies right
0: and then you have another one you're like wait they're not crying for hours Mm -hmm. this is nice (laughs) yeah
1: it was like oh Oh, no, I remember, I remember with our daughter, it was a very different experience with her. It was like, cause we're so, we were just, we were prepped for having a third baby with colic. Cause we knew, Ryan. that's what we knew was a baby <laughs> with colic. And our second, it's, it was like less than our first. Like, I feel like our first, his colic was just, just out, out of, off the charts. Mm-hmm. Our second, it was there, but much more manageable, I feel like in a way. And I think part of it was we knew what to expect and we knew what to do. But then also I feel like just, just intensity wise it was less right and then daughter she it was like oh this She's is just different chill. like this is different and
0: that's why um, i always say this you don't know until you know you, you just don't know, know, until know until you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if you did, if you didn't have it first you know, I remember having, uh, you know, people would come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, my baby cries a lot too. It's really mm. hard. And I would just be like, oh, okay, you seem to be coping well with it. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. a couple of years later, they'd have another baby and be like, why, Alice? Like, why yeah. is this happening? This is called, um, like, <laughs> I thought this this they cried a lot like, before. You, you really yeah. Do, yeah. You don't know until you know. You and don't then know there's, different, you know. there's definitely different spectrums. Like, as you said, your second is a little bit less.
1: It was my, less.
0: My first, again, my first was, and that's the thing, there's a lot of contributing factors. I'm sure uh, my anxiety in general as a first-time parent played a part in that. But it was just, yeah, off the charts, really, really hard. It's a very dark time. I think about it often. I try mm. and get myself back into that place so I can serve, honestly. That's like my, yeah. my goal was like, okay, mm. I have to n- never forget that. Yeah. Because there are other people going through that and they need to know mm-hmm. that they're not alone. But then my second, she definitely had a witching hour.
1: Just mm. another,
0: another name for it. There is lots of names: colic, purple crying, witching hour, a crying time. That's what my mum always called it, crying time. Mm. But witching hour is, I think, more common for the mm. other half of the babies that don't technically have colic. They just have a fussy period of time, usually in the evening, like after four pm to eleven pm. And that was that was my second. She would just have her crying time, mm-hmm. kind of for a couple of hours in the evening, and it was still really hard. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, you know, several, several hours. It wouldn't be technically devi- defined as colic or anything. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely different spectrums.
1: Yeah. And so with, and with colic, what are some of the other impacts colic has on baby? What are some of the other ways that it, it you know, has an impact on baby or, or on the family or parents?
0: Well, so interestingly, there's colic doesn't, there's no like medical issue typically. There is some... Thought that it's got something to do with an immature digestive system, and Mm -hmm. which makes sense, you know. I think that makes a lot of sense. But there are, there's no medical problem, and that you know, typically colic doesn't produce a medical issue or short term or long term. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's kind of such a mystery because they don't have any data to like nothing really truly explains it there's just kind of theories around it yeah which is probably the most frustrating thing some a lot of people will say they just put a name on it so they can like shut parents up (laughs) because their parents think something's wrong yeah but to be honest i think that you know from my experience the biggest the biggest uh issue that comes from it is the toll that it takes on parents the Mm -hmm. toll that it takes on mom and dad emotionally and physically, because obviously there's like a lot of tactics to try and help that mm-hmm. take a toll physically on, on mum and dad. And that would say, I think, is the biggest detriment from mm-hmm. colic is the effect that it has on parents. And that's, oh, to be honest, that's quite comforting, comforting to know, I think, for parents is that there necessarily, there technically isn't anything wrong other than, you know, digestive issues, which is which makes a lot of sense. They're brand new. You know, uh, it's more common in premature babies, which makes, again, makes sense. But, yeah, I, a lot of it is to do, I think, this is like my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, it's just overwhelm. I think it's overwhelm, overstimulation, the immature bodies, they're getting used to milk. It could also be intolerances there's a lot of different factors that put it into play. And I think for the same for parents, that's how it goes for baby, you know, and that's Mm. why some get it worse than others because there are other things contributing All Mm -hmm. babies cry because life is overwhelming and they don't know what else to do. Right. right, Like, (laughs) but some babies cry more because they have, you know, a dairy intolerance or some other kind of intolerance that is actually causing Discomfort. Some mm-hmm. babies will have sensory discomfort. That's another another thing that I have. Another tip is one of the tips I'll share later is, is just yeah. stripping them down because sometimes it can be sensory.
1: Yeah, discomfort. Because
0: yeah. if you think about it, they're naked. <laughs> they're like yeah, naked yeah. in the womb all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess before we go there, are there any other any common causes that could you know? I know that we don't know a lot. A lot we don't know. It's kind of and that's the research I found when I was looking it up. When our baby's had colic, it's like what you know on Google trying to figure it out. And a lot of running different theories and ideas, but I guess what are some of the common some of the common ones, some of the common theories or causes of it that we're seeing?
0: Uh, premature like premature digestive system
1: mm-hmm.
0: imbalance of healthy bacteria is another one. Like it's yeah. a, like in the digestive tract, that's why um, prebiotics and probiotics are often suggested. Used. Yeah, yeah. Food allergies or intolerances, um, overfeeding and underfeeding. Uh, latch issues um can often cause that infrequent burping so gas literally mm-hmm. which is very painful if you've ever had it it's very painful.
1: Yep. yep, yep, yep.
0: I've also read that it can be it's thought to be it could be an early um form of childhood migraine, but I don't actually know the the credibility yeah. of that. It was just yeah. listed in the study. But um and then family stress and anxiety. And that's where I think often uh, first-time parents will get hit because or worse because I think it, that children, babies, not children, babies will play off our anxieties. Hmm. So if you're anxious and tense, they're going to feel that like you're connected. You know, as parents, as mom, as dad, you're connected. And they're yeah. going to feel that stress and anxiety, and that can often escalate and make what may have been just a bacteria imbalance, and is now you know feeding off being stressed out, and it's making it all worse. And it's late, and it's um, and another another one is is overtired. They could they mm. could be overtired. A lot of a lot of families actually that um, think they're experiencing colic will kind of discover just just simple sleep. Hygiene practices like you know wake times or sleepy cues and because that is something that I did not know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would keep my newborn like five weeks, I would keep her awake for like five hours because she'd just be like awake mm. <laughs> and then she would cry for hours and hours and hours yeah, yeah, yeah yeah because like she was yeah. really overtired, yeah. and so I think overtiredness can really contribute to to inconsolable crying mm. definitely rigid you know that rigid uh fit you know clenching of the fists and arching of the back things like that um and then once that's resolved sometimes it can really it can really drastically improve Mm -hmm. for in my experience learning about sleep helped a lot it did not dissipate (laughs) so i don't i don't want to say there are a lot of people out there will be like oh colic isn't real it's just they're overtired and i don't believe that
1: yeah i don't either because I don't, just from my own experience. Um,
0: Right, like you just, they obviously just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't know until you
1: know. (laughs) And it'll be interesting to hear kind of some of the remedies or ways we can help treat it. Um, You know, something we found with our first, uh, who had more, I think, severe colic, is it it definitely impacted his ability to sleep. I would say he did not sleep. Like whatever the minimum hours that a human being could possibly sleep for, that was him. Right He was that- so so alert, so awake, but he wouldn't sleep. his naps were like you know uh, you yeah, after the first three weeks, like he was what you said it was typical right really sleepy but then after at first. that it was like you know twenty thirty minute naps would just be awake, be screaming we, you know and I remember the only way to get him to really sleep, and we've talked about this offline was you know I'm looking at my kitchen island right now. And, the you know, we got to a point where, like, he just needs to sleep because he's so overtired. We knew that that was one thing probably make exacerbating some of the symptoms. And so we would just take shifts walking around our kitchen island, mm-hmm. you know, two-hour shifts. You know, I'd have a sh- some random, you know, friends on or some show in the background. Right. As I'm walking around the island from, you know, 2 to 4 in the morning or, you know, 12 to 2 in the morning. And then my wife would take over, then I'd take a sleep. I mean, because that's how severe right, you got right? to survive, right? You've to survive. Like my husband
0: and I did the same. We took shifts. Yeah. Because, you know, and it gets better. If anyone is taking shifts right now.
1: It, it does get better.
0: It gets so much better and for, sooner than you think. But in the moment, right. it's like debilitating. I will say
1: in the moment at the dark, at the hardest point, it was very just debilitating. Um, oh, yeah. And it just, just you're really just tearing you down. I remember, I really I have a vivid memory of like, it was so bad, you know, coming in, and I'm hearing my wife crying. Oh, yeah. We're both exhausted. She's on the floor, and he's in the crib, and it's just like, because she's so tired. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And just, you're in this fog, because you're so sleep-deprived. Because, you know, that's how, that was like most nights. And during the day, right. he would, wouldn't sleep either. So it's like, <laughs> no one was sleeping. Right. And so, oh, so it really sounds hit. very
0: similar to our story.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It was just, it was rough. And, you know, all of our other friends at the time that we knew, but their babies, you know, when they slept, the, the typical, you know... Through the night and and you know three hour naps and and they're like yeah energy I'm like what you know we were right <laughs> we yeah. were finding ourselves like what is that like what and that makes and,
0: it a lot worse because it's yeah you, you want to know that you're not alone in it
1: yeah and I think yeah. yeah
0: that was honestly one of the biggest reasons why I started my page why I got certified I just wanted every, yeah. people to know that there was someone out there that really I get yeah. This I wish time? I would have found you then. Right. I know.
1: That <laughs> was, that was like says, six years ago. That was six years ago. So I, mean, be... no.
0: I didn't know anything <laughs> about it back then. So yeah. I knew how to research, but that was about yeah. it. But no, my mom always says, Oh, I wish she could have helped me. <laughs> I'm like, bless. Yeah. yeah. I could wish. And, I, it, it is, and I have so
1: much empathy now when people say, I'm like, I get it. I was there. Right. I remember how hard it was. And so I'm like, and I really, you know, at the end of the day, I want, all, I want all families to sleep. Like if I could, you know, if I could give a free gift, I would give it to everybody. But I know it's not the right. reality. Um, and I remember just that was, that was so, I've never, it's, it's an experience I'll never forget. Um, mm-hmm. And, but like you said, the good news is it, it did get better. And I remember when it went away and it was like, it just, whoa, you know. My um, well,
0: life's back. I'm yeah we're getting you a rhythm see the light like it you really see is light, light and darkness yeah, like you're it, in the darkness oh, and you see yeah. the light for the first time and you're like oh man oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. I can it was
1: rough. it was rough <laughs> I'm I'm going back there like my I'm having flashbacks of just like, I know
0: oh like really though because like we do that a lot we often will just sit there and just be like I'll oh, be really here with our yeah. kids asleep I know and we're just here now he sleeps great Right. It's like so nice. It's
1: so nice. (laughs) It's so nice. But so, so we know the causes, we know what colic is. We know what there's like, it's kind of like this, you know, people made they made a term, different terms, but we know it's real. I know it's real. And I know that there's different things. We know, you know, some possible causes, but what are some remedies? What are some things that have been found anecdotally? And I'll share some things that we did, but what are some of the things that you see that we can help our babies this is my favorite. I tried part. already.
0: Yes, I like <laughs> the help. This is my favorite part because <laughs> part because it's the most helpful. Yes. So one of my most the thing that I always suggest first is baby wearing, and especially especially during like during the day because number one it helps get those naps in. Number two, it just helps with the closeness. A lot of the time, even for the hardest sleepers, a wrap at the right time can be like the 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 off switch. It can just like, they will immediately fall asleep. Um, and although obviously that can be really hard on mum or dad having that all the time, but it can really take the edge off because sleep is happening throughout the day. You can then work on better sleep overnight, um, but it's also just less time not crying. They're sleeping. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so they may still struggle with, and that was the, the case with me and Lily is that she still had her crying time but getting her to sleep in the wrap is the first step really is and it's and it's easy you can Mm -hmm. get your your hands hands free dad can try and do it Mum can do it Mm -hmm. and you can switch off a little bit um it does get hot though there are it is really hot it doesn't have to be the only thing so because I know that some people like but I hate baby wearing or it's really hard it hurts my back things like that Mm -hmm. um but that is one of my things things that i'm just like don't be afraid of baby wearing it's not going to be like this bad habit right it's just needed like it's the fourth trimester Mm -hmm. i i that's a whole topic for another day but the fourth trimester they still want to be in the womb Mm -hmm. and that it brings that kind of comfort to them yeah and so it can be sweaty and uncomfortable
1: yeah and
0: it's still pretty exhausting for parents but it does Mm -hmm. provide some relief And number two movement rocking as you said walking around (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. That
0: can that can help. <laughs> don't worry. They're gonna be more. They get better as it as it goes on.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's um, funny because I did. We <laughs> did both those. We did one and two. Like the baby, the Solly wrap or Sool. I don't know how yeah, you say Solly it. Solly, wrap so good. Solly it's wrap, so good. It just it, hands free, and I was fine with it. Cause I'm like, hey, at least like he'll pass out, um, right? And, and it does then, help, like
0: it prevents that over tightness, which makes yep. the colic escalate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, but then moving, way to constantly move. That was one thing that was hard because, man, I'll talk about. You don't need a CrossFit gym membership with this. Right. Like, <laughs> I was always bouncing or moving because I couldn't stop moving. That was the right. thing. Because if I stopped,
0: that's where it does get difficult. <laughs> but don't worry, you could. Just, if this is where it's at, if it helps, you can work on getting away from the moving <laughs> totally. later.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: But it's kind of a temporary help. Um, because they like movement, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, when baby's in the womb, when they baby's, move. mom is pregnant, they're moving around constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why they're kind of nocturnals, because they're rocked to sleep all throughout the mm-hmm. day. And then you'll find that mom is woken up by a wiggling baby all night. And,
1: and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. You might have this on your list. But one thing we found since baby liked movement, one way we knew Guaranteed he would sleep is we would do car rides.
0: Car rides or stroller rides. Mm-hmm. Yep, passed like out. Anything like that. As soon as you start moving,
1: though, eyes would bing open. Right.
0: And that's always the hardest part. Well, and the thing about the car, this actually kind of uh, moves nice, transitions nicely to a sound machine or any sound that like hums. So, Mm. this is why you'll hear stories of back in the olden days, (laughs) they'll, well, not the olden days, (laughs) but our parents would put their babies like in the car seat on the dryer or the the washing Mm. machine. Because it would be movement and like that low hum. That's why mm-hmm. often babies will do quite well on airplanes, in cars. They're yeah. used to noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be really calming. It can really trigger a calming reflex. Cluster feeding. if you're for, And I think this is not exclusive to breastfeeding. I think just offering a feed if um, baby is bottle fed as well. Like I said, I just don't, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think if baby is hungry, they're hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, But cluster feeding can help. Often cluster feeding happens in the evenings. Um, Some people say it's them tanking up right before bed, but that can be helpful to soothe baby. Getting outside on a walk, changing the scenery, getting some fresh air if possible. I know that isn't always possible depending on seasons and what state you're in, but if possible, getting outside. I remember when Isabel was little, it was summer here in Phoenix so it was tricky we would get out in the mornings when i could but um if she was fussy i would walk around with her at night and it was it was really hot but i would just have a spray bottle (laughs) that i would bring with us on a walk and i would just spray her and we had like a fan and stuff like that that Um, would help but getting outside i think always really helps because it helps you as a parent i think just get some fresh air change the scenery and the same for them um i mentioned this earlier but changing clothes to reduce like any sensory discomfort um can be really helpful a good quality probiotic um if breastfeeding diet changes can help dairy sometimes it, quitting dairy can be helpful which is really depressing for some people it was really depressing for me when i quit dairy <laughs> um and then a warm bath that's what you're with or without a parent if parent wants to get in i actually i tried to have a warm bath with my first and she did not like it she did not want me she just screamed even more and it made me stressed out but it really helped my it really helped my second born i would have a bath with her during her crying time and she loved it Mm. and then like a pacifier you know sucking can really help same as like cluster feeding they get that sucking reflex if they're not actually hungry Mm -hmm. um but giving them a pacifier can be helpful too but those are my oh and for massage getting the foot uh, the
1: foot the feet ones right that's what we did we found the feet yeah
0: i like there's um another one called the guppy guppy pose which is like when you put their i'm not gonna do it (laughs) but (laughs) but basically their neck kind of extends Uh uh-huh and you give them a shoulder, a shoulder. I have a video on my Instagram. I can give Ooh. you the link to that one. Yeah, but, send um, the link.
1: I'll drop it in. The, I'll like drop really it all nice, in the description.
0: Like neck extension, yeah, um, and shoulder. Because if you also another reason that they may be uncomfortable is that they've been squished like for yeah. a long time, and they've also been through trauma, going through the birth canal or um, yeah. or a C-section. Like that's totally. traumatic for a baby. Oh yeah. Um, so there's there's issues that come with that general so Mm. a lot of the time if you think about colic in a logical way it makes more sense than Mm -hmm. why they're just crying they have everything they need if you're just like well they were in this dark place and now they're in bright lights and noise and people and cold and naked and got they've got clothes on them now and Mm. they're you know they have to they have to feed Mm. they don't they used to just be Okay, always. Yeah. They had an umbilical cord there in this 24-hour jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> and everything was great. You know, if you think about it more logically, yeah, it, right. it kind of helps you be like, okay, that does make yeah. sense. And they will get yeah. used to it. Yeah, um, But yeah, those are my, my best tips for colics specifically. Yeah. Well, the um, other thing
1: I did too, just to add to those tips, is something else we found that did reduce it a bit when it was really severe. We did the, the gas drops or gripe water.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that. Gas I'm drops are quite...
1: It's two different. They're very, very similar, just two different brands. So one's called Gas Drops. The other Smithicone, one's called. or Cone. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm saying it correctly. Smithicone yeah, yeah. Drops. And one's called uh, Gripe Water, which I think has some charcoal in it. Um, they have like
0: different herbs. Different. I'm trying yeah. to think of it, but they have different herbs. Sometimes they'll have.
1: There's some differences there. A I think. And stuff in there. I think ripe water worked better for our first and I think gas drops worked better for our second, but we did find that helped alleviate his, cause I think he did have gas too. Cause he would it really, I think on top of the clock, I think it created some gas, the tension, I think, cause he was so mm-hmm. tense and mm-hmm. I think it caused gas, which then made exacerbated the pain. And so it, you know, it's almost like they kind of domino effect, but that's something else we found to be helpful for us. Again, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't solve it, but, we started using it. We're like, oh, and we did notice a difference. Again, you gotta try it with your baby. Just, you know, try it out. I mean, the try worst it thing is, try and see what works. That's the see thing. what we, works really. Yeah, because
0: we had gripe porter worked um, well temporarily for Lily. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I never, I never actually tried it with as because she okay. wasn't, she wasn't nearly as, yeah. as fussy. <laughs> um, I, yeah. that brings me actually, I've forgotten to add this is a possible cause, but um, tongue and lip ties can contribute to feeding issues which then can contribute to colic or um you know the it kind of like can lead into it and i think Mm -hmm. can i've i did experience that with lily uh sorry isabel my second Mm -hmm. is she was extremely fussy and grunty for a long time we ended up getting her tongue tie and lip tie released and it drastically improved her latch and her feeding. Therefore, she didn't get as gassy, which mm. decreased her crying a lot. I definitely found that that was a helpful solution. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely worth looking into because I didn't even I didn't even ask about that with yeah. Lily. I mean, it was COVID time, so no one could have looked at it anyway. But that was another thing that I think is quite um, people are, are only just really started to talk about tongue ties and lip ties now, mm-hmm. but they can contribute to feeding issues and. And tummy issues as well.
1: Yeah, we had um, ours all had that, so they had um, they had those releases as well, which helped with latch, um, especially early on. So again, Mm -hmm. something that you don't know until someone says something, you know, and you're like, oh, you're like, I never never want to hear.
0: You never want to hear that. You never want to hear. I need to laser my babies. Like (laughs) you never want to hear that. (laughs) No, but but um, but it did
1: make a difference. It helped both of our kids. Our boys had it, and it really made a big difference for their latch and. Mm Which helped, um, for sure. So that yeah. that's something we did for both boys.
0: Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. So
1: those are great tips. And those are things I feel like I did all those things. Yeah. And I think for us, you know, and, and I think it's like you said, like we said earlier, that every family situation, every baby is unique. Um, and you have to treat them uniquely and individually to what's working and not working for them. Right. And I think for us, we tried everything that we did on this list. And it helped. Right. Um, and that's but the thing, it didn't. Not, it didn't go away right. until like four. Uh, might have been like four months. We started seeing a difference. But it was, you know, it didn't. Those things helped alleviate it because when we would do them, we notice it helping. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would still, you know, struggle and have that crying I think, time. Have the crying, I think the hardest thing to emotionally for me, and I, as I said earlier, was just it's just feeling helpless at times. And yeah, that's the that I think was the, the emotional toll it took as a parent, as a new parent, and feeling. Helpless and like you're trying to figure something out, trying to help, and it's just like you just keep hitting walls. Right. And I think that's that's when it could really affect us because that that emotional drain can be take a toll over days and weeks and a month mm-hmm. in. And you're like, is there, and you don't know there's an end, and you're like, you know, you're just kind of, and, and then you're sleep deprived. And right. I'm thinking the last episode with, you know, with Yasmin, we talked about sleep deprivation, like you're sleep deprived, mm-hmm. so you can't think. And so then you're just like, you're just in this cave of <laughs> despair right and that's really it's despair hard.
0: that is mm-hmm. the word at least in my experience i felt a lot of deep dark despair
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's, it's, it's quite like hard to say that on, on yeah. a platform it's hard to say you know i yeah. had a baby and i became very depressed <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of how relentless it was yeah. it, it was very yeah. relentless yeah um well, it does get better. It really does. And I, mm. I had another baby. You had two more babies, <laughs> so yeah. it's, got, it's got to be <laughs> good. Did. It's got to be that good. At least <laughs> it's got to get better.
1: <laughs> we and Yeah, it's very. I like how you put that. We had two. Yes, we did have two more babies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the despair is real, and I think you know, to all the parents going through it right now, like I, I get it. I, yeah. Alice gets it. Like it's hard. It's rough, and if you're the only one going through it. And no one else is not that. It's no one else's fault, but it can feel very isolated. Because I remember feeling that, like, like isolate, like what? No one could relate because all of our friends' babies it's like they're they're the typical sleep, no colic. You know, they're sleeping, and you're just like, you know, it, it's easy to get into your head, easy to start blaming yourself because that's what starts to make sense. Because you know, you're not, you're tired, so you start to mm-hmm. find. You're trying to find a solution. It's not your fault. That's that, first you know and that foremost. It's not your fault. It's not your baby's fault. Um, but like you said, it's trying to. How can we help? And if you know these tools and these tips, and know that it just it happens, and you could try different things to eliminate, to help alleviate, um, know you can navigate through this, and know there is an end. There is an end. That's the good news. So much so that you might have you might have you might want to have more kids, and who knows, your second <laughs> baby not. And I have colic again. My third, my daughter did not have it. And it was kind of like, whoa, this is. It was this your is, reward. This is why people have <laughs> 10,000 babies. Like, okay, I could see why you have a dog. Oh, I, I have more kids, right? Because it's a very, I will say, and I not feel guilty for saying this, but it's a different infant experience.
0: It is. And that's honestly, that's a hard pill to swallow, I think, yeah. as a yeah. parent as well, because you feel like a little bit robbed of the joy yeah. Yeah. that you were expecting. Mm-hmm. I think at least that I was. I was like, I wanted to be a mother my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I dreamed of. Like that was yeah. my calling in life. And then I was like, wow, mm. there are moments right now that I hate, I hate this yeah. more than I like it. And then it switches, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the script is flipped and everything works out, but it's like hard to feel that, to feel that way and to admit it. Honestly, it's hard for me to say it, knowing that like other people will hear that. But I did feel that in those moments, but it's, But of course i would feel that way if you listen to everything we've just listened to or everything we just talked about sorry it of course we would feel that way it's relentless Mm -hmm. it's horrible nobody wants to nobody would nobody would be able to get through that and not be somewhat affected you know
1: Mm. and now for a short break So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing, into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. So let's talk about reflux. um What is that? What are some causes, and how do we help treat it to help parents with their little kiddos?
0: So, so reflux. Actually, my my first had reflux also
1: mm. on so top of colic. It, yeah, it's a fun right, combo.
0: So <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was a lot. But reflux, to put simply, is heartburn,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: painful. If anyone yeah. has had heartburn, if you've been yep. pregnant, I know you know what heartburn is feels like. Um, and again, there's different spectrums. Some babies will just be like happy spitters and they'll, you know, they spit up and they're just like, <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. They're like happy. <laughs> and then other babies will spit up and seem like they're yeah. in pain.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, then there's silent reflux, which is, uh, similar, it's still reflux, but there's just no presence of spitting up. There's no actual oh, gotcha. spit up, so it just hurts. I did moments. not know
1: that silent reflux. Yeah,
0: silent reflux is, and that's mm. that's what Lily had,
1: <laughs> and I it was what my eldest had maybe because right, no. he was not a spitter upper at all.
0: Well, and that it's it it manifests with often you'll see baby will have a really hard time feeding, like mm. so often
1: arching. Um, and stuff, Most
0: babies are okay to like be fed to sleep, like nurse to sleep babies that have reflux don't it's not like relaxing (laughs) um Mm. because it it hurts they can have a hard time feeding you'll notice that they arch their back when they're feeding they'll go rigid um and it can make it very traumatic especially um i mean honestly with with bottle fed or breastfeeding it can but it can be very traumatic for the person feeding because this is supposed to be the one thing that's supposed to pacify your baby and at least that's how I felt as a, as a first time breastfeeding mother, I was just like, she hates me.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> and, um, oh, that honestly, that was probably the most like emotionally, like mind, uh, like a mind uh, flip. Like it was just, <laughs> mm. I was just like, what is, why isn't, why isn't this working? I'm sp- this is yeah. supposed to help him. Yeah. Um, so that's usually how a reflux is manifested. And it's, there's more. There's more symptoms, mm. and it's less uh, less mysterious less than mysterious, colic. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's it's quite simply, it's just that they're again premature digestive systems, and yeah. it's uh, they're, they're, It's common because babies are on a mainly liquid diet, mm-hmm. just breast milk or formula. That's often why introducing solids at six months it can dissipate by then because having solids just naturally kind of uh, relaxes that.
1: So what are some of the signs of reflux, whether silent or the other two that you mentioned?
0: Um, so obviously spitting up, mm-hmm. or, um, but see, that, see, that's where silent reflux is, is tricky. But um, the thing that made me learn a little bit more about silent reflux was she was hiccuping a lot. And hiccupping is a, a sign of it, oh. um, <clears throat> especially when feeding, mm-hmm. uh, being unsettled during feeding, arching their back, um, swallowing and gulping. Hmm. Like a lot of air during feeding, crying and not settling, um, and then some babies, especially if they are spitting up, uh, can struggle to gain weight. Um, so some people will think that they they may have a low supply, when um, actuality, they, their baby has reflux and they're just not able to keep down what their mother is supplying. So and just the general like fussiness, stiffness hmm. is really going to be the the telltale signs. Yeah that yeah. that's something and that's definitely when you should go in and, and visit a doctor um okay. and see if there's they have it because there's medicines to help as well my daughter went on a meprasol um mm. in the end because she we'd kind of exhausted every other thing so after a few weeks we went on she went on a medicine to help mm. but um just short for a, sh- a few weeks okay um and it did help so it's an yeah. option it's not for everyone uh, some people don't like to go for medicines and that's yeah, not, yeah. i understand that but um
1: well, it sounds like my eldest, like I, like I said earlier, it sounds like um, he probably had silent reflux that we didn't even know on top of his colic. So right. yay for us uh, hearing that. I'm like, oh, that sounds like <laughs> him without it because he didn't spit up. But right. everything else you said, I'm like, oh, that was him. So what are some remedies, ways we can help treat it? I obviously, you mentioned medicine as, as an option. Mm-hmm. But what are some other natural ways we can do to help with the so, reflux? So
0: I have a few of these. I made a list because... great. This I really went through. I went through it. I mean, I did with colic as well. But um, one of the best things is holding upright after a feed. Hmm. So that could be like looking outwards. It could be in a bath seat. Um, It Hmm. could be on baby wearing. You know, it doesn't have to be like up and about looking around. You know, it doesn't have to be on the shoulder. It could just find you can be creative with different ways of holding that upright for 10, 20 minutes after a feed. That can just help. Have that milk settle before you lie them down, because mm-hmm. that is if you're not holding them upright, they're going to be lying flat somehow. Holding upright for naps, so naps in the carrier. Again, so this is another way ba- baby wearing can be really helpful. Yeah. Is that it just keeps them upright? So that i that's probably why I baby wore so much with my first, mm-hmm. it's because she had reflux, and I just found that it it not only got her the daytime sleep, which kind of alleviated her pain, so that she could be okay overnight, a little like better overnight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just keeps her upright, so that is a, a really helpful tip. Feeding directly upon waking instead of right before they go to sleep, because when they sleep, they're typically lying flat. So, right. um, so obviously, baby wearing in the day can be can be helpful, but. Parents really want to have baby sleep in their crib if they if possible. A lot of parents, and so if you feed on waking rather than right before sleep, that again can give some time for the tummy to settle right before bed. So people often ask about this because you want to have baby wants to have a nice big feed right before bed, right? So they can get their longest stretch of sleep. People, you know, they all say I want to fill them up and get them to sleep, but you can still do this. But I just suggest feeding before bed like right before bedtime routine or just switching switching up so feed right before you give them a bath or right before you read them a book or you'd give them again so it has time for them to sit upright for a while
1: Mm.
0: burping your baby often trying different techniques there's loads of different tips i have a few of them on my instagram um, of different ways of of burping creative ways and you can find a ton of them online but um just getting creative not just kind of like (laughs) <laughs> doing the patting of the back. Um, but burping effectively can can be helpful. Um, encouraging your baby's head to be above their stomach as they're feeding. Mm. So feeding on an angle. So often, especially like bottle feeding, often people will feed like this, mm. um, where it's actually best to kind of do like a side feed, where you yeah. feed them on the side as if they were breastfeeding, like on the side. Yeah, yeah And yeah. then breastfeeding mothers, it's kind of helpful to kind of get into a position where you're feeding them and you just pull them up on whichever side you're feeding them on. So it just, it just provides it an angle. So it just, again, gives another opportunity for it to settle. Yeah. Another, this is just a little tip that kind of be helpful, but when you're feeding, sorry, when you're changing a diaper or a nappy, you can kind of move them to the side to change it rather than pulling their legs up and therefore squishing their tummies which mm. can then kind of cause a little bit of discomfort. Just kind of put it on the side instead, and that can be that can be helpful. But it's hard, regardless of all the tips. And that's what I'd want to share, because regardless of all tips with colic or reflux, you could do everything and it can alleviate it a little bit. But it's okay. You're not necessarily doing anything wrong if it doesn't, mm. you know, work, quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I agree, it is hard. that's where the hopelessness hard.
1: comes in. Yeah, it is hard. And, and I, I guess as we kind of come to, you know, close before, before we wrap up, like, you know, encouraging uh, parents, like what's one or two things that you do as a way to help them support each other during this phase, if they have a baby with colic or reflux or both, like, what are some things you remind them, like two, one or two main important things to help them help each other?
0: Well, first things, we talked about this earlier, taking shifts, Mm-hmm. It helps, and it's, especially at the beginning when they're really all you really want to do is kind of make it better. Um, it's not a long term solution, so I don't want you to worry about that because a lot of people are like, "I can't do this for the rest of my life." It won't be the rest of your life. but Take shifts, go outside and take a breath when possible, when you're not on shift, um, or just you know in a, in a different room, even if you're just sitting in the garage or out just outside your front door on a balcony. If you're, and this is honestly, this is probably what a lot of people need to hear. If you're both very stressed at the same moment, it's okay to put baby down in their crib and just give yourself a second.
1: Mm. Like
0: you're not, you're not leaving them to cry it out or anything like that. You're just putting them down in their crib so you can contain yourself. You mm. can breathe, you can relax, you can support each other for a second, give each other a hug <laughs> mm. um, and not feel guilty about that because yeah. what they need in that moment is for you to be c- collected and for you to be okay. Yeah. They want you to be okay so that they can be okay. And so mm. I think giving yourself permission to do that when that it times get like that is really important. Yeah. Um, if needed, sometimes it's not needed, Yeah. but you know, sometimes it is uh, be open. Talk about when you're stressed to your partner or your husband or your wife and have a mantra. I love mantras. Mm. We, with Especially the the second time around, obviously, we just didn't really know what the heck we were doing. Um, (laughs) First time around, but this (laughs) time around, we had a few mantras. We always said, We are a team. We are a team. So when, because when you're in that moment when a baby is crying or upset, you can like turn on each other and be like, Stop it. This is your fault. What are you doing? Mm, Um, And in those moments, one of us usually would step back and just be like we're a team we're on the same team Mm. we're here to help each other um we can get through this Mm. this is temporary um and i always say tomorrow's tomorrow's a new day tomorrow's a new day and just repeating that together and reminding yourself of that every day those are things Mm. that i found invaluable this second time around and has definitely contributed to it being a lot easier i think
1: Um, yeah
0: but I think people forget to have their own mantras and or couples mantras, family mantras. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's so, It's so key. So needed. And it sounds a lot like what we did is that we're on a team, you know, we're, we're fighting against these things, not each other, you know, or this right. is, We need to be united front. We support each other. Um, Right. And we will get through this. Reminding ourselves of like, hey, yeah, like we, this is sleep deprivation. You know, that's the enemy. (laughs) You know, we made other things the enemy. Right, yes. (laughs) Not each other. You know, and it it really does help to reframe that um, and finding those little moments of pause and, and, you know, or tag teaming, you know, tapping each other out and, Mm -hmm. you know, or like you said, having moments just to hug and just take 10, 20, 30, 40 seconds, a minute, 60 seconds just to regroup. I think is so key, um, and so before we close, where can we find you if if, if moms dads are looking for support or just whether to look at your page or to actually reach out for you know more uh, coaching? I guess where where are you? Can you please share?
0: I my main platform is Instagram at cozy baby sleep. I am under the same handle on TikTok as well. I'm not as I'm not as good on TikTok. I'm not as hip and with the kids, but I am on there. Um, and um, and then I have my, my website, www.cozybabysleep.com, and that's where I have my blogs and links to, I have three freebies, two of which would be helpful to um, families in this stage, a, a night waking email course that's free, and then also a sleep progression uh, mini course, great. okay, <clears throat> which is also yeah. Free. I'll link. I'll um, link so, all
1: those things. The specific links in the in the um, yeah in the in and then I the,
0: have more in depth classes. But honestly, a great start um, and yeah. a lot for a lot of people. All that they need is buy free content, and yeah, it's a great place to go.
1: I'll link all those things. So you know, yeah. Alice, I think it is this episode really resonated with me because this was my experience and yours. And that's why I wanted to do it mm-hmm. because. It's like, I know other moms and dads are going through this that probably felt how we felt the first time mm-hmm. and don't know um, and get stuck. It's like, hey, if we can help spread this, give good um, tips, normalize it. You're not alone. It is hard, um, but it does get better. And reminding the couples to work together as a team. Like, these are things that would have been helpful to hear um, back then with our first. Um, right. And you know, we doing did navigate wrong. it. You're not no, doing anything not. wrong. Nope. There no, are tips no, no, no. to
0: help. Absolutely. Yes. But yes. you're not doing anything wrong. Cause I think that's nope. our biggest fear as parents is what am I doing oh, wrong? Yeah. And yeah.
1: Yeah. It's because we care. You want your babies to thrive and be okay. And what we tend to do is we look at ourselves as the problem. Hey, what am I doing? Right. Well, you know, we're missing, must be missing something. And so no, right. you're doing it right. Listen to your baby, listen to your gut and know that it is the reality is it is hard. You will get mm-hmm. through it. Um, But Alice, thank you so much for being on. I'm just excited to release this. Um, Everyone go check Alice out. Really good. A lot of good, very helpful tips um, to help with your baby. Um, And we'll have to have it on again soon. So thank you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.